deal. At home, turn us up. In your car, turn us on. At work, tell others about Talking with Ms. T, the talk show that's giving you trending topics, noted news, interesting interviews, community updates, and so much more. It continues right now. Miss T. She'll do the talking. All you got to do is be a good listener. Greetings for this meeting of you and the Talking with T team. We're excited and delighted to engage once again as we bring you the latest in trending news, hot topics, interesting interviews, new music, and much more. We chatter about what matters and keep it real with our spiel. We make it do what it do as we bring it straight to you. It's November 16th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, comedian Pete Davidson, actress Lisa Bonet, and it is also the birthday of William C. Handy, known as Father of the Blues. Today on the national calendar is National Fast Food Day and National Button Day. On this date in history, President George W. Bush appoints Condoleezza Rice as the first African-American woman Secretary of State in America. Richard T. Greener, first black graduate of Harvard University, named Professor of Metaphysics at the University of South Carolina. The theme this month is Thanks Through Giving. As we get closer to the Thanksgiving holidays, we're going to continue our theme of expressing thanks through giving. We rise by lifting others. Winston Churchill said we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. So far this month, we have highlighted several charities and organizations, and today we're going to add a couple more. Fish Hospitality Pantries and Ladies of Charity. I'm also sharing a link to Knoxville, Tennessee Food Pantries for those that would like to support and for those that need support. Visit TalkingWithT.com and click on today's show tab. Business owners, church leaders, entrepreneurs, why not build your brand on Talking With T, your urban talk show designed to engage, educate, empower, and encourage. Call today, 865-409-1170 for more details or visit TalkingWithT.com. We are currently accepting sponsors and releasing advertising spots. Help us take Talking With T to the next level in 2021. Let us help you reach more people and promote your brand, service, or product. Also make note, we're looking to highlight and share music from rising artists and look forward to more submissions for T's Top Teens and Hometown Heroes. Help us celebrate people making good choices and doing good work while contributing to our community. Also, be sure to subscribe to Talking With T Daily, our online newspaper for your daily scoop of trending news to find out what we're talking about. Keep it where it's at after we hear this track. It's trending news and hot topics. Yeah, yeah. Getting you home with more talk. So come on. Go. And the best conversations. Ooh. It's Talking With T Radio. Let's turn our attention to a few quick bits. We'll start with some happy highlights. Howard University receives a $1 million gift for the creation of a Women's Leadership Center. The George Floyd Memorial Foundation, a national nonprofit spearheaded by his sister Bridget Floyd, has teamed up with Texas A&M University Commerce for the creation of an internship program for black men. Morris Brown College recently announced its accreditation application has been approved after nearly two decades, and Sierra and Russell Wilson donate $1.75 million for the creation of a Washington-based charter school. And in other news, a very, very, very large crowd 
of Trump supporters protested at the nation's capital, believing claims of election fraud as Trump has yet to acknowledge defeat. The MAGA riot also brought violence to D.C. COVID is still running rampant as states see record high numbers in cases and hospitalizations. It looks like many are headed toward lockdown again. A COVID-19 outbreak at Arbor Terrace of Knoxville Assisted Living Facility has killed four residents and sickened 34 other residents and 20 staff members. A black Manhattan dentist, Dr. Benjamin Shirley, says cops racially profiled him when they accused him of breaking into his own office while he was taking out the trash one night. Two cops, quote, attempted to unlawfully gain entry to the building by force and repeatedly called him threatening to destroy his property and enter with force if he did not come outside, despite the fact that at all times they lacked any probable cause or reasonable belief that Shirley had committed any crime. So, for those that did not get the memo, black people are indeed dentists, doctors, lawyers, judges, professors, scientists, pilots, and more. Please don't support the false stereotypes and let us be great. Everybody's talking with T, the talk show designed to engage, educate, empower, and encourage the community is on. WJBE 99.7 FM and 1040 AM. Just the best every day. All right, listeners, it's that time in the show where we review trending news and we have a hot topic. So today, Professor Jay and myself want to talk a bit about student success as we look at virtual versus in-person learning. We have a word or two for parents, guardians, family leaders, or whoever is in charge because the fact is somebody has to be in charge. Now, it's not our intent to offend anyone. We hope you accept our words as ones that are meant to inform and inspire you. It is important for student success that there be structure and expectations. It is reported that there are an alarming number of virtual students failing. Now, you know, there's already a learning gap, and the gap is growing larger. We can't afford this. So I did a little research about virtual learning, and I found out that there is more to learning than just the academic content. Learning best occurs through engagement and personal interaction. For younger kids, hands-on learning helps to solidify the academic content. Teachers, parents, and students are overwhelmed with virtual learning. Here in Knox County, where parents actually have the option for virtual or in-person learning, many have opted to reverse their previous decision and send their students back to school next semester. There will be 13,805 in-person high school students and 4,627 virtual high school students in the spring. I have the complete breakdown of in-person versus virtual enrollment for each Knox County school through a link on our website. I've also shared some links to information about virtual learning versus in-person. So our own Professor Jay is doing virtual instruction, and I want you to share maybe some challenges, and then give us some tips for success in the virtual world. Well, Tanisha, as you said, definitely there is a great learning curve that's involved for not just the students, but also the teachers as well. We are working in a system that we had not really been prepared for on either front, either on the students' end or on the teachers in that most we may have had 
since March to prepare, and that's the best case scenario. So mm-hmm. it's definitely a challenge there, not only learning the content, but learning navigating through these different platforms because uh, some school districts are using Zoom, other school districts are using Google Classroom. I know here in Memphis, my district is using Microsoft Teams as the primary means of delivering instruction. Other districts are going uh, asynchronous where teachers are uploading content and students are allowed to work through lessons at their own pace and may not have a teacher delivering live instruction throughout the tradition, what would be considered the traditional school day. So there's definitely a challenge around navigating the various platforms along with grasping the content. And for us as educators, we're having to learn how to reinvent the wheel, as one could say, because we're taking things that we would normally teach in person and a lot of the strategies that we would sometimes use in in-person instruction and trying to make them fit or trying to find ways to adapt them to the virtual learning environment. So there are certainly challenges, again, around logistics, challenges around pedagogy, but also, as you said, challenges around relationships. I think every morning about how this is the first year in my career where I've not had the privilege of actually seeing my students face-to-face every Mm -hmm. day because Mm -hmm. in my district, students aren't required, especially in high school, they aren't required to have their cameras on for various reasons. So there's a possibility with the likelihood of us not going back in person for the second semester, there's a possibility that I will never really be able to fully associate my students' names with their faces. Another challenge that I'm also seeing is not just in terms of pedagogy, not just in terms of logistics and navigating, not just in terms of even student engagement because the students somehow have this erroneous idea that if they merely log on, then, you know, they pass for the year. That's not how that works. The students may not be as engaged as we would hope for them to be. But at the same time, there's also challenges around parental engagement. And we get it. Parents are working every day. There's still a responsibility for parents to check up on their kids. Even if, you know, you're working from 8 to 5, when you get home at 5 o'clock, then dad blame it. Grab that laptop and say, hey, log in your Google Classroom. Let me see what you did at school today or let me see what, you know, you learned or what you turned in. And that would alleviate a lot of these sideways emails that parents are sending and a lot of the emails that, that we as teachers get at the end of the quarter asking, well, how come I didn't know that my child was failing? Okay, let me let me pause you for a second. It's a couple of things you mentioned that I want to make sure our listeners understand. One was the asynchronous learning. And that's where a lot of the learning, the responsibility for that falls on the kids. Again, it's self-paced, but they have to take that content and try to learn from that. And that's not ideal. And I have seen all kind of emails from parents going off about grades, yet students don't log in on time. They don't turn work in on time if they do it at all. That's not a recipe for success. Then you mentioned they might ask why their student is failing. Well, it's a good thing that they're asking, let me say that, because we have to remove the I didn't know 
syndrome that I see going on or hear going on, if you don't know, ask. It is indeed your responsibility to make sure that you are aware of your student's progress while there is still time to get support or get assistance or whatever is needed. We cannot afford, and I have to say it again, and you're probably going to hear it another show and maybe another one after that, we can't afford for the learning gaps to grow any larger than they already are. And with you, you know, saying you have the option of not seeing them, they could simply turn their computer on, their little name flashes up, and they could be off doing something else. It's true. Uh, there have been instances where students, as you said, have logged on and they have gone back to bed because uh School started too early, which is completely mind-boggling to me because even when we were in person, they were in class during the same time every morning. Uh, but now with the virtual learning and learning from home, it's a lot more convenient to get back in bed or to watch TV or to play the game or to log in and simply walk away or to mm -hmm. log in. And in some instances where I've heard, and I've even had a student last week, to go and do chores, and that was a bit of a catch-22. It was, okay, do you make a big deal about the student doing chores during class time when the student is indeed at home, or do you just say, well, uh, sir, can you please let your mom know that you're in class, and can you try to do your chores after school is over because you need to get this, you need to get this information. Because inevitably, you know, you're going to miss out and your mom is going to have questions as to why you missed it, uh, missed the lesson this day or why you missed this particular assignment. She got you washing dishes and cleaning up the house at 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh -huh. mm. Right. So there are ways that parents can check on their progress. Emailing the teacher is one. Here in Knoxville, we have a system called Canvas or Aspen. Well, you can log in just to make sure there aren't missing assignments and that grades are satisfactory. I know one of the struggles I've heard in the virtual classroom is the failure to submit assignments or work as requested by the instructor. That's, a, that's another challenge. And many of us have taken into account uh, the fact that there are some challenges around technology because Wi-Fi mm -hmm. can be very temperamental, and, and that's a legitimate concern. You know, I saw a meme on social media a couple of uh, weeks ago, and I had to giggle because uh, it is it's, it, to a degree there is some truth. And the meme said, you know, one thing we learned in this virtual learning is to submit everything by 11.59 p.m. And many, many of my colleagues and uh, me included, we set our assignment deadlines with a greater degree of flexibility in a lot of cases than perhaps we would with in-person schooling. Sometimes I've heard colleagues uh, set opening assignments on Monday and not closing them until the following Monday. So students have a very broad window in which to get work done. You know, if there are ever questions or challenges with an assignment, if they ever needed help, then they've got the opportunity to reach out to the teacher to make sure that they are not, you know, attempting to start on an assignment at 11.50 uh, on <laughs> Monday night and then trying to submit it and hit submit at 11.58 and boom, something happens and they're unable to submit it. Now all of a sudden, you know, it's 
a great big catastrophe, and now the student has gotten a zero on the task. And it's the teacher's fault. And it's the teacher's fault. Right. So I'm really worried about our younger ones, the elementary age students, and the necessity for a lot of hands-on and direct instruction and interaction with the teacher. Parents are going to have to find some time to read and review with these kids. Because, like I said, they're going to fall behind, and that's not going to propel them to the place they need to be, to be academically sound, and move to the next grade level, and just be successful. So I'm not, you know, really trying to influence a parent either way. What I am saying is whatever your choice is, you need to put some structures and systems and expectations in place so your child is successful. And if you have questions, if you need support, if you want to know how your child is doing, please ask and ask consistently. If you can, if you're not, you know, proficient with technology, call the school. There's a somebody's there that can direct you to how your student is doing. So I think a lot of people have found out that the virtual world is not as they thought it would be. And as I mentioned, we have many, many parents who are flipping their decision to send their students back to school because it, it really is a struggle. And then, Jay, what about households who have more than one child, maybe two or three, and they're all trying to do virtual learning at the same time? That has to be a big struggle. That, that's uh, another definite challenge I was speaking to a colleague uh, the other day who is working as a dean of students at a school here in Memphis, and he made mention of a family where there are four students uh, of varying ages, and everyone is on the virtual learning platform during the same time, all on one hotspot. And mm. so the question is now not just how can they make that situation best work from a technological logistics standpoint, but how can the parent or guardian best support all of the children from elementary school all the way up to high school? Because certainly each child is going to have his or her own struggles in various subjects. So mm -hmm. one of the things that could possibly be helpful um, is to utilize the older siblings. If you, if you have a situation where you've got some older siblings in the household to maybe work with the younger siblings after school hours to provide, mm -hmm. help to provide that necessary support where the parents may not be able to do as much. Or if there are multiple younger siblings, pair them up, you know, have one older brother work with the younger brother while the mother works with the younger sister. Whatever configuration works best for your family, but certainly I would suggest that there are older, older siblings in the household, definitely utilize them with the younger children. That's a good suggestion. And then you have the challenges of, you know, grandparents raising kids, and they're not familiar with all of this technology, especially if they have a little one, and the little one definitely can't figure out how to hook up the Wi-Fi and hook log into the system. So there's a struggle there, yet they have to be concerned 
if they're elderly or have underlying conditions about COVID. And so I don't know the solution. I'm just wanting people to talk more about it and be aware. I don't know that there's a perfect scenario for all of this because COVID is still running around causing havoc. But at the end of the day, we have to do our best. And our best would involve, you know what I'm saying, trying to set up some type of successful system for our kids. We're learning. The kids are learning. Everybody's learning. But it's one of those things where once we iron out a lot of the kinks, as I said, since we'll be here, I believe, for a little while, maybe not to the extent as we currently are, we can probably make the machine move a little easier and with a little bit more facility than we are mm-hmm. now because we will have, you know, gathered a whole lot of lessons and learned them and figured out some ways to work around a lot of these same challenges that we just finished talking about. Well, let's summarize then with a few tips for parents. Um, I'm going to throw out a couple. And one, I've said it already, I'll say it again, is to ask questions. You know, inquire about your students' progress, if they're turning their work in, if they are passing, um, if they need academic support. I have another suggestion, and that is if you need to make use of a virtual screen, do so. If you're not fully dressed, try to stay out of line of sight of the camera. Uh, these are things that would help the virtual classroom environment. Jay, you got you got something? Well, as you said, definitely if, if you're not fully dressed, keep the camera off, stay out of sight. Also be mindful of your background noise and what you're doing in the background because uh, we don't want your child's classmates or teachers to, you know, hear the <laughs> R-rated movie you might be watching in the background or uh, <laughs> the latest unedited version of Cardi B or Nicki Minaj that just dropped that you might be uh, jamming to in the middle of the day, etc. Or some gossip. <laughs> or some gossip, yes. Just just really be mindful. Ask yourself, is this something that I want my child's teacher and my child's class to know? And if, yeah. if, if the answer to that question is a resounding no, Save it for after-school hours. That's good advice. And so, listeners, if you have some questions in particular, if you need more information, like I said, I do have some links on our website, but feel free to use the comment section. Reach out to us on social media. Jay and I are both in education, and we'll try to do our best to support you as we try to support our students for success. So, Jay, as we wrap up today, just reeling it back into the virtual versus in-person learning, a lot of times we're a little more lighthearted, but this is a serious topic, you know, and we got to get on the ball here with this virtual learning. We do indeed. Uh, you know, a lot of parents think that just because their child is in front of a laptop or in front of an iPad all day long that the district has provided them with a yet another free babysitting service. Uh, and, and please understand that this ain't that. This it is, is not what? learning. Virtual, virtual learning. It is school, sir. It is school, bruh. School, ma'am. <laughs> school, sir. However you want to take it, it's school. 
before we close the day, I'm going to jump to some trending news because the mystery around the death of 15-year-old Kawan Charles, who was found dead in the Louisiana sugarcane field, is troubling. My son will be 15 in a few days, and my heart goes out to his family and all that loved him. This story is sad, it's tragic, and it's being investigated now as a homicide. So the young boy's body was found November 3rd. His family reported him missing October 30th. The family was informed that the boy had drowned, but they still have questions and won't answer. They learned that the boy had been picked up by a 17-year-old friend and his mother the day he went missing, and they hadn't given them permission to pick up their son. So to me, there's a gap in information from when these two picked up the son to when they found him. And I, I'm kind of like the family. It's not all adding up. And I'm sure they want some closure and understanding around the loss of their child. Yes. And, uh, one story that I was reading around, uh, the situation was stated that the police when the family noticed that Kawan was gone, the police assured the parents that Kawan was probably at a football game or with some friends. And huh? yeah, exactly. Not that my sentiments exactly. And then there okay. was no Amber Alert issued immediately. Now hmm. I'm just thinking that would seem very, very odd because if a child in any other circumstance is taken so much as down the street and the parent has reported the child missing. Phones all over the place are abuzz with these Amber Alerts. Because he's indeed a child. Yes. Mm -hmm. But but, however, in this case, no Amber Alert was issued. And there are so many unanswered questions. And much like the family, we want to know so that, you know, not just the family can have closure, but we can have closure because for many of us, the very gruesome image of Kawan's body after he was pulled uh, from his field reminded us of Emmett Till. And anybody who mm. remembers seeing Emmett Till's body, you know, that is an yeah, that was heartbreaking. That stays with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a heartbreaking yeah. image. Indeed. Same, same situation here. The mother said, the mother allowed those photographs to be released because she, she, much like Mamie Till, said that she wanted people to see what happened to her child. Well, well, we're going to keep following that story and give you updates as they're released. But again, we pray for the family and those that love this young boy. And I hope that this case does not go unsolved. And that due diligence is done to find the answers that so many are looking for. Jay, I appreciate your insight, Professor Jay, as you kind of helped us along as we approach this virtual versus in-person learning hot topic. And I can't wait to hear what you have to say next week. And you know I'm going to say it. Well, once again, we've come to the end, but be reminded you can call in with your thoughts or opinions to our talk line. That's 865-409-1170. You can also leave comments on TalkingWithTea.com. Share stories or spill some tea. 
In the meantime and in between time, engage with us on social media and join our Facebook group, The Tea Room. Thank you for tuning in to Talking With Tea, your urban talk show. The show designed with you in mind. And we would love to connect with you right now on social media. All things Talking With Tea. And you can listen to the show 24-7-365 on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. Now on that note, Tea will end with a quote. A bone to the dog is not charity. Charity is the bone shared with the dog when you are just as hungry as the dog. Jack London. Remember where you heard the word. Keep being kind until next time. You've been listening to Talking with Tea.